0: It's the Two Short Podcast, and this is episode 122 with David Mameli. Do you want some good news? I thought, yeah, I thought you could do some good news. Now, whenever we record, I'm saying this whenever, I'd say 90% of the time, we've always been welcomed with open arms to uh, Maison Bateau on Greek Street, which is a, a lovely little cake and coffee shop, you know it, if you know Soho, you know it's an institution in Soho, the most fantastic cakes, great service, and they've always let us record down there in their basement, and not once did they accept any money from us at all, they've always done it for free, for years since we started, and we've always been very grateful to Tanya and Michelle and everybody who works at Maison Bateau. Now, due to the the current state of the world, obviously they've had to close the doors and they were worried that they may have to remain closed. Um, that is until the very kind and generous donations of maybe some of you, a lot of, a lot of people have been digging deep and throwing what they can. And I just found out yesterday that they've surpassed their goal which means that they can afford to stay afloat and pay their staff for another two months, which is brilliant news. And that's all down to people being so generous um, because they've always been generous with a lot of other people. So it's just about time that we can pay that back. So massive, massive congratulations to Maison Bateau. I know a lot of businesses uh, are struggling that lot. I'm not going to get into it. It's not that type of podcast, is it? You come here because you want a bit of escapism with other people and other people's stories. And that's what we're going to try and do week in week out. What I've been doing for the past week, I've recorded a few episodes remotely. Um, one was with, uh, with visual, with video and the other few have just been with audio. And I'll be honest with you. I've got to get my head around this. I'm finding this very difficult. It's just a new way of recording. Obviously, I've been so used to having the the human being in front of me and looking into their eyes, Um, you know, and looking and reading their body language. Um, So with doing this, it's slightly alien. So give me a bit of time to, to get used to it. And I'm sure for you to get used to it, But hopefully you won't be getting used to it for that much longer. I mean, who knows? Let's just see how we go. But uh, as long as we just stay indoors and do that and do some cooking and uh, listen to lots of podcasts and watch lots of films, then we'll see how we get on, shall we? So a long, long time ago, it feels anyway, myself and Griff met David in London, big shout out to Native Bankside for giving us a space to record in London because, speaking of Maison Bateau, we couldn't record there because it was, it was such a lovely day and it was super busy and they're right next door to where the Harry Potter plays on and it was um, a matinee and we just didn't want to take up the space when they could have had paying customers, obviously. But the very generous folk at Native Bankside gave us a hotel room. And we recorded in there and we met up with David and it was towards the end of the day and we got down to it. Now, David is a fantastic actor. You'll know him from things like dead pixels on channel four and sliced. Um, but also he founded this incredible initiative that I've been behind from the world go. And I'm sure a lot of you know about it. It's called open door. And if you don't know a lot about it, if you don't know a lot about it, mate, something like one of those old school DJs, Locked up. Um, If you don't know anything about Open Door, then we're going to get into it. But first, we're going to get into talking about David Mameni. This is episode 122 of the Two Shot Podcast. And I shall see you at the end. Enjoy. David, I'm not wrong in saying this, but we've been in discussions about you coming on this, I think since the very very early days of the podcast. I remember, yeah why has it taken us so long and it has taken us so long hasn't it? and it, not for one to try in, but it's just about well, organizing well, dates isn't it? In, and it Scheduling. and I'm, you've been very very busy doing like, all it's, sorts it's of like things two, two, <laughs>
1: it's like having two full- time jobs that's what it's like so sometimes um time is hard yeah. um, but I think you asked me once and I think I was, I was away I was
0: working and then I think you would I think that, well we've, we've been trying to plan it for a few times but a lot of the time that comes back and it's uh, oh no because we've got auditions and we've yeah, gone the yeah, it's yeah, day. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like to, I think tomorrow you've got auditions don't you
1: tomorrow I've got a yeah, yeah. workshop tomorrow. yeah I've got
0: a workshop tomorrow mm. so I was trying to think about where we should start this and uh, because I really want to get into the open door matter because I think it's vital and I think it's really, really interesting and also for people who don't know about it. So I think we should wait to get to that. Yeah. What do you feel about that? Is that yeah, cool? End, yeah. So what, I think we should start at the beginning and I think we should talk about growing up. So where are we growing up? So, growing up in Northwest London, whereabouts Northwest, Wilsden, Kensal Rise, right? Okay, um, I, I'm only nearly laughing because what people can't say because it's a podcast. Just try to fit that. Crisp and it, in my mouth. Just yeah. David just tried to to fit. Was it a Dorito? Um, it was one of the uh, French fries. It was a French fry. It's a mixed bag of crisps. Can I? Whoa, 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 yeah, you, David. Here, oh, oh, yeah, listen. Sorry, I'm sorry. Go Walkers go. are not sponsors of this podcast. I wasn't going to mention their name, but. We Said French fries, so you know, it always takes two and two. I mean, surely if walkers want to come on board, I mean, surely everybody's picks like a Gary Lenniker by now. Mm -hmm. They must be. Mm -hmm. They need to. It's 2020, come on, it's not been about
1: in a while. I've not seen those efforts in a while.
0: That's true. This is it, walkers climb on anyway. We're not talking about walkers, Walkers we're talking that's a gorgeous tag. There we go, we've Mm -hmm. got that. Mm -hmm. Um, Wilsdon, Wilsdon. Um,
1: I lived in. My like road and the two roads around it were surrounded by Kensal Eyes, Willesden, and Queens Park, right. which at the time were all quite rough areas. I think people think Queens Park was always nice, and it has got the park. and There are nice bits, but like in some, in one, at one point it was more. It felt more dangerous or rough when you come out of the station than than Wilsdon did. But it it's not like protected. that now, is it? No, it's, I mean, all it's very, very yeah. patisseries, delicatessens. Um, the same old story about London. Um, and I remember, like, what? Well, because I've got quite on a, on a quite long road, and the other end of the road was quite rough. Yeah. <laughs> and the kids were different on each side. So the kids that would play the street on my side, like you know, didn't bother each other, and the ones up there would like try and throw stuff up the road. <laughs> you were sort of scared to go down the, the road, <laughs> and then Kensal Rise, right, like, and now it's like obviously, see, is one like the really nicest areas, of, poshest areas of London. Yeah. It was really rough. Like there was shootings once a month. You'd always see a thing about like, have you seen this? You know, the murder of this, or did anyone see anything? Um, and I remember when we were like seventeen. So, yeah, go seventeen when you start going to parties and stuff. You are like, we've run out of booze. Let's let's go. And the only thing open was like this Seven Eleven in in um, Kenzer Rise. But you had to go as a big group because you're worried about just getting mugged or someone taking your
0: staff or whatever. So we just you sort of just like run it down. Um, Did it become the norm? Was it just, oh, well, that's just what I grew up with and that's just what it is?
1: Yeah, it really became the norm. And my school, my primary school was fine. My primary school was quite nice. And everyone that was in my year went to Hampstead School. Okay. And that was the, sort of, you, know, you know, primary school, like, there's a name. Like, we have to get to this. Everyone's, like, going to that school. You know, yeah. You, you sit, you, and um, and for whatever, me and this other guy weren't in the catchment. So, like, everyone went to Hampstead. And we went to Quinton Kiniston Where's that? QK, which
0: is in Swiss Cottage. And well, still not too shabby, is it, Swiss Cottage? No, yeah, but yeah, but yeah. What yeah. was it like back then? Sorry.
1: No, I think Swiss Cottage wasn't, well, yeah, because you're surrounded by um, obviously St. John's Wood. I mean, our school was technically in St. John's Wood. Right. And opposite our school was an American school, which was like a private, you know, international students and all that kind of stuff. But Quentin Kiniston, QK was like, I didn't know at the time when I was a kid. My mum thought it was still better than
0: the Queen's Park Community School. And it was like, interrupt. What, what, what year are we talking here? Just so I can get an do Ninety-eight. Right. Know. Okay. Is that
1: that oh, works? If I graduated like twenty fourteen yeah, ninety-eight that right. sounds about right. So yeah, end of the nineties. And she sounds so old, doesn't it? End of the nineties. <laughs> um, and, and it really, it really doesn't. Uh, Not no, to me. Sorry. <laughs> um, and and it was rough. Like I think the year before we came, there was no uh, barriers or gates around the school. Yeah. And so people would just come in and do what they want and walk their dog or whatever in the playground. And then they put the gates up. Um, and there was, a te- there was a terrible case about that head teacher um, being stabbed. I don't know if you remember. I do remember Lawrence, that, actually. Um, and later found out that that was a guy from previous years, obviously years before I came, had gone down and, and done that to another school. And so the school that I went to was rough. It was really bad. It was notoriously bad. And um, it was... I had a terrible time, if I'm honest. Like, Did I, you? Like, yeah, man. Bullying was strong, and it wasn't a bullying right. where like same kids come beat you up and take your money. Off. It wasn't that kind of thing. It was like names, and um, it was everyone was. It was like everyone was trying to outdo each other, be that physically or. So it was more psych- was it more psych- psychologically yeah, for you emotionally? It, yeah, 100. Um, percent. It was. It was. It was super hard, and I think because I was quite like open and like, oh, I want to make friends. And actually, it was kind of, the, everyone was kind of, the, people wanted to make friends, but it was about, well, you know how schools work. It's about taking taking people down. down and looking for people's weaknesses. Yeah. yeah, and I think, I don't know why, like, I don't remember I'm a bit camp, but school back then, I think, you know, the, what what you heard in the pen all the time was like, gay, 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 gay. And it was used in a in a dogatory way and it was used in a way that was supposed to be harmful and negative, and which I, I'd like to think school's, you know, school I worked in, Few years ago, you know, things are people are opening out, and it's kind of changed a bit. But back then, it, it was it was it was a, a tool that people would use to sort of um, uh, emasculate, yeah, what they thought was you know emasculating someone, and um, and it made you question. It made you it makes you start to question that and go, oh, like maybe I am because everyone thinks I am, or you think everyone, but it's a couple of people. Do you know what I mean? And it's stupid yeah, stuff but- where because you can't play football because I had these weird like penguin feet and I can't control the ball. I was good at all the other sports, but no one played any of the other sports in a right. concrete playground. You don't play rugby or, it's a bit of basketball. I was quite I was quite good at that. But it's it's just stupid things like that or because I didn't like fighting or I used to cry. Like I used to be really like sensitive. I was hypersensitive. So those things used to like super affect me. It was it was a massive part of my growing up. and I had a terrible time. So that thing you said at the beginning, which prompted me to say, it was the idea that like that was my world. I thought the world was like, Childhood and that—that was that was the world,
0: right? Okay. How did that impact your? Well, let's start with how did it impact your home life. Home life was
1: kind of a a safer place. I mean, there's always stuff at home, isn't it? For everyone, I probably won't go into that too much. Well, some
0: sometimes you know. Sometimes,
1: sometimes, sometimes not and different levels. You know, there's always like you know something, but. I think definitely like that was a more stable thing, you know. I was lucky to have a mum and a dad and sisters, um, where it, it, what, I, didn't li- I didn't live. In a, I didn't live in an area that I was surrounded by these areas, but my home life wasn't. Didn't have the aggression or the. Um, I wasn't in the fear that I might have had at school.
0: Right. Okay. Do you know
1: what I mean? And it was. It was. It was. I was scared. Like it was. And it's not mad to think young people are scared to like. Oh yeah, it's not. You know, I thought about contemplating bringing a knife because they'll walk home
0: or or bringing a knife to school because that, I it was a constant f- threat. Because of protection?
1: Yeah, because you're yeah. scared, because people did have knives. Uh, or someone would come for another school. There were these, I remember the first day, um, my mum bought me this bag, which was like this massive Adidas bag, which was quite, you know, at least it was Adidas, but it was like um, <laughs> it was like what you put right. like artwork in. It was quite like, I don't know, like a big old rectangle kind of thing that I had. Yeah. And I used to put all my books in it um and only like i think two weeks in my my um one teacher said you know you don't need to bring this, all the books every day you don't need to the books that you have You know what i mean if you don't have science today don't bring the massive science book. Yeah, yeah, yeah So i was like weighed down by this i was like oh, okay um i'm tall now but i was i wasn't i wasn't that tall back then i had a, a growth spurt and i remember the first day and there was this um uh, kid on the floor and he was bleeding he'd been beaten up in sixth form i was year seven i could see behind the gates in front of the school and the Kosovan kids had a fight with the black kids at school. Right. And it was like that. It, was, it wasn't It was that it was um, the gangs or... They weren't even gangs, but it wasn't that the groups were necessarily... It wasn't cause of race or where the people were, but it was that those were the forms of friends and how people um, that just... Friendship groups. it was, was so it about like,
0: culture or...?
1: Sometimes, sometimes because it was a time after... I'm not smart enough to remember the history of sort of, like, costume of war and all that kind of stuff. But you had... Our school was so ethnically diverse, and, you know, it, 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 every type of group was there. It wasn't dominated by one specific race. It was a big Middle Eastern, big yeah. South Asian, um, uh, Caribbean, African... Like, um, white was probably the minorities in terms of white English. Is it, um,
0: is it still... Quite like that today. Whales that and Queens, Well, Whalesdon, Queen's Park, Kensal Queen Park has
1: changed. I think that school has changed. I mean, year below me was like Talisa. She came for sixth form. Right. Um, she was like really quiet. She seemed nice and nice. Yeah, and when you I said Talisa,
0: know. you mean it's so solid crucial, N-Dubs. Okay. N-Dubs, oh, and, really oh, she's
1: right. so, so, so No. Oh, see, so is so so like Ashley was 21 seconds. I get
0: my end dubs and my Talisa's all mixed up, yeah. Nice <coughs> oh, that's what I'm talking about. There yeah. you go, Lisa Mathers. Lisa Mathers, yeah, of
1: Sandra. course. Uh, and
0: uh, I'm I'm so hip.
1: <laughs> no, you're not. I can see that. The, the choice of Chris. Um, I, uh, so school was yeah. Swiss Cottage, yeah. Again, has improved. Um, but uh, and we also and like Jahadi John was in the year below me. Like he went to our school. Like, oh really? Yeah, that's what. I'm, when I say our school was, it's not like oh yeah, our school's a bit rough. Like. It was, it was, it rough. was yeah. yeah. And I remember when that story came out and I was going into an audition and um, I made a, uh, probably, I don't think it wasn't distasteful, but I just sort of said, you know, Jihadi John, um, I named a few people that went there and I said, you know, F and we've got all the high achievers. And then because that story just broke, I had suddenly had all the newspapers like try to contact me on <laughs> social media. And I think I was I was in that, I was in like Elin Stewart's going up some like, you know, two lines in a massive film, you know, yeah. And then the son, someone from the son was like, oh, can you know, Can we talk? I said, I'm just about to get an audition. I'll, when I come out, you know, I'll, I'll let you know. And um, I was, I, as soon as I came out, I'd had a missed call. They'd somehow got my number. Because um, everyone was trying to find the face of this boy and the name of this boy. And there was a couple of people that were not those sort of tabloid newspapers that I was like more in, more sort of wanted to help. And, yeah. Um, a guy, one of my friends that I've stayed in touch with um from school who sort of talks out about extremism. He's um he's a he's a science teacher now as well but he's a, he sort of um he often talks about sort of extremism and and Muslim extremism and how sort of to sort of soften that I guess and, and sort of mend some things. What like sort of radicalisation as well. Yeah radicalisation um and he tries to sort of tackle that uh, by speaking out about it and stuff like that. And I sort of he knows a little bit more about that kind of stuff so I, I sort of referred him that way. Um yeah. but yeah, because like, I, I think the Jihadi John thing, everyone said that, um, yeah, he was this normal nice kid and then he went and got... Ex- no, but like he was in fights. Um, as soon as I saw the picture, I was like, that that young man, because of our school, or not. Um, uh, but yeah, there was constant fighting. There was like, you remember my Rush? Where like if I kick the ball between your
0: legs, you get a punch on the arm. Now, you have to remember that I'm from the north of England and we have different sayings. So if someone, if we're on a bike, right, okay. me and you, David, yeah. when we're young... And I'm standing up, but I've got you on the seat. Mm. And your legs are dangling, right. but I'm riding the bike. What do you call that? Oh, it's like an uh, E. It is called a, what would you call it? I would call it a backy. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I think they would call it that. Because I think I'm right in saying this is either on the back or the front. I think it's the back. So uh, I think, and please don't, don't. Text me in or email in people from the northeast, but I'm pretty sure in sort of no, in the northeast Newcastle way they call it a croggy. Yeah, that makes sense. Yours makes sense. You know, don't say that. Don't I, you don't want
1: no, the but like there's some logic to it. No, but you know what I mean. Yeah,
0: exactly. I mean, it's simple, isn't it? It's a fucking backy. But yeah. do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we so all know, not names nutmeg for it. rush, nutmeg. So a
1: nutmeg. I think that is a common football term. I'm not a big football man. Oh, you're speaking to someone
0: who is. So unsporty. but
1: good. So a fellow yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So it's when you kick the leg between you kick the ball between someone's leg. So you know a player's about to go to the goal. You're, you're the defender. He sort of rushes it, just, past yeah, the put it through leg. your legs, and I go past you. to Take the ball. I, I. That's the nutmeg. Yes. A rush is well, like London back then. Rush meant like to to beat someone up. I'll be rushed him. Like we beat him up. Right. So nutmeg rush was like if I get the ball through your leg, I'll. You usually get like people, cry, you know, you get a punch in the arm. But my
0: school nutmeg rush was like. But you've, th- achieved the, you've achieved the nutmeg, so therefore you've still got the ball. So why do you have to get hit? You've achieved. No, sorry. You rush the nutmeg, the person you've nutmegged. Oh, so if you get the ball through, then and you're you able to person. give them a punch? Yeah. So oh. if I. Let's, let's break it down a bit more. If okay. I put the ball through your legs, I yeah. get to punch you. Yeah, I'm not liking this game.
1: No, so imagine playing it with like there was um, probably fifty kids playing at one time yeah, between yeah. year seven and nine, and everyone just beats them up. That, yeah, that was quite, how
0: it worked. Not, I'm not playing this game, and it was so. fun.
1: Well, and the games also were like year loads of year sevens like six four six six formers, and then just people just fighting. So that kind of was that was the the the, the,
0: that the was, game of choice. That was school. That was right.
1: yeah. That was that was school. That was the school that I brought up in and i know you're supposed to say oh it, it made you and
0: and i'm like, oh, sure no, it not. made me was,
1: but i'd rather done without it i think
0: <laughs> yeah me too <laughs> hearing this but how did all this impact your education i was right at school
1: but right in my school isn't like a b Alright in my school is like you're nearer a c you're just under a c so i was like a C D kind of guy yeah you know, but in sort of the stuff that i was interested in so when i you know you got to do sort of like um the practical side of drama, for example, I might get an A or B. Right,
0: this is interesting. Was drama on your curriculum? Yeah, was it was. It? it was.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. That that was what was good, and that you know, I hadn't really done it before. You do a sort of play in year six, don't you? Um, yeah, year six at primary
0: school, or whatever. But I hadn't really done much or anything really, and Cause, um, you know, sometimes, especially even m- more so now, right now in uh, in schools it's it's extracurricular yeah and it's getting cut
1: all the time now yeah. we've
0: got um PE teachers on a rotation
1: teaching that um drama music and art like it's 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 got to a place like that and um, there are still loads of schools that still value it but um it's got that bad in some places um which but I'm we sure we'll drama. get on too much get more on later on <laughs> <laughs> the of it all. Yeah. Uh, but yeah we did have drama and for whatever reason, I seemed to make people laugh in it because you improvise, and obviously that was my must have been my go-to. And then suddenly people wanted to be in my group, so I was kind of like popular in that one class. Um, and how so did that, that, how did that make you feel, yeah, because it was kind. It's nice to feel that you're good at something. Yeah, um, that's that's how we often work, isn't it? Like we end up doing the thing that we think we get, hopefully get some joy, or we think we're quite good at it. Um, and. Uh, yeah, that was that was that was quite nice. I guess I guess that was quite good, and that was a place that I could go do it. And and then like you know, when you did A level, and you, I mean, we did A level. Was it media? And we had to make a a trailer to a thriller. Right. Okay. So I got my my tutor, geography teacher, to be the like the victim, and he was getting stalked and stuff. And I filmed it around. What well, the you know, teacher was willing
0: to be in it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Like you know, there were there were teacher, the, 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 you know, the teachers because it was such a challenge in school. To work in those schools, or oh, sometimes there's teachers that are literally signing in and, you know, I can't cope with the kids. And yeah. Many of teachers, you know, sc- classes would make loads of teachers cry. That was a standard. Like sometimes that was the game in the class. No learning would be done. Like there were some classes where it was a joke. Like, I mean, we didn't do any learning. We just, people just threw stuff and just tried to make the teacher cry. That was oh, kind of a thing. It's are just horrible. Horrible, horrible, like. horrible yeah. Horrible, yeah, yeah, bastard. Yeah. But <sighs> full of that sort of, and it all just comes from insecurity and sort of sometimes mayhem at home and go in yeah, just just not having the confidence. Just, it's just
0: factors of so
1: many things. Yeah, hundred percent. And and you know you've got those, you've got really good teachers, and you've got teachers who know how to work with those t- classes. And the teacher we had, Mister Umar, who I had for years, he was my tutor. He taught geography, and he was super strict. He wasn't like. Um, he wasn't like uh, like my mate who I said is a science teacher who was like, yeah. he can relate to the kids. But he's also had the discipline. He wasn't like that. But because he had a sim- uh, an amount of discipline, discipline that was fair and it wasn't erratic and he was stayed calm, he was able to control that class. And I remember having a really inspirational history teacher in year seven and eight. And then he went. And often what happens when schools need a redoing, they go into politics a bit, but they get rid of some of the long-term teachers because it's cheaper to have new teachers. And so some of the teachers weren't ready for the, the classes that were about to be put upon them, basically. But... Anyway, back to media. The teacher was in. The teacher was in the, the film and uh, end up being example work for like Excel for like how to do it. Right. But all the written work I was terrible. I mean, I think I ended up getting a C in drama, but my practical stuff was good because I was just rubbish at writing and my handwriting was bad. And
0: was it because you were rubbish or you just didn't feel that you of, wanted to do it? Bit
1: of, yeah, bit of both. Yeah. Boring. Why would I study? Like, I don't. You know, it's really hard to revise. I just found it really.
0: Because obviously oh, that wasn't, wasn't stimulating you at all.
1: No, it just isn't. And I think people got suspicions that I might be a bit ADHD, so that might be a, a thing now where, like, I just want to focus on the things that I like doing or that I'm passionate about. Um, and, yeah, that's that's what it was. And I think the Unicorn Theatre, who now are building, um, they make, uh, you know, theatre for children and young people, they came in and they wanted ch- some young people or children to be in this professional piece they were doing in the West right. End somewhere. Which I think is now Weatherspoons, but it was in some like old church. And, um, and that's every, when I realised. Isn't, yes.
0: isn't every lovely building now <laughs> it's a Weatherspoons? Yeah, it's a Weatherspoons. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Some of them are beautiful. Do you know that one in Holloway Road? The cor- I think it's called yeah. the Coronet. didn't that used to be a, a gorgeous cinema? It's amazing. Is it like. Is it, I've never been in, but I'm whenever I I go past it. It's like Art Deco y. Yeah, it's like a TARDIS. Like, yes. It's amazing in there. Like, it's
1: so big. Um, so sad. But, <laughs> it's so sad that it's Weatherspoons. But it's beautiful, um, and uh, what was I saying? Was uh, the about? Unicorn Theatre. Yeah, they to came the in, school. and then and then and then I got a bit on it, and and I remember going, oh, this is like a proper job. Like this is a, how old
0: were you now at this point? I, I was
1: like year nine or something. So I was at 13,
0: thirteen? Right. Okay.
1: And then some some mum from one of the primary school friends. She said, if you're interested in acting, if you like doing that. You should go to this thing called ATS Artist Theatre School, which um, Amanda Redman. Yeah, um, she ran.
0: Where's that? In Ealing, right? Which is West London.
1: Yeah, West London, and it wasn't one of them sort of stage schools where you're paying loads of money. It, it, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was, you know, I think it was a hundred something for like a term. Which okay, now people can say about like, access to stuff, but back then that was that was really cheap. Um, and yeah, I started doing that and. And she what ended was, up being some kind of me- well. I'll go into it later, but she ended up sort of tutoring me to get to drums, which kind of led to all the stuff we'll talk about later. Was that
0: was that uh, a once a week thing? Yeah, or, once a week
1: every Saturday, and some classes were why am I here? And some classes were amazing. And sometimes we, you know, Ray Winston did some masterclass. But in like, that life,
0: some classes yeah, I go, oh, I don't know what I'm doing yeah, this for exactly.
1: Yeah, um, and it's just what you connect to sometimes, isn't it? But um,
0: or what you take from it,
1: yeah. And there was a I'm now I'm now a trustee for a charity called Dream Arts, and that was one as well where they um they came in and they were doing uh, you know, um I think it was Hundred and One Arabian Nights. Right. But it was with young people from, you know, local schools and all the rest of it. And we did the Cockpit Theatre, which is this small theatre on Edgewood Road, um, where other young people come see it. I remember doing a Romeo and Juliet where I was Paris, um, and they changed the story. It was a hip hop musical version. Right. Like, you know, in a city London. Yeah. And I was Paris, I think I ended up stabbing Romeo. And Juliet lived. <laughs> so they mixed it up at the end. <laughs> but I remember they had a character, Rosaline, and, um, and uh, she had, like, a song in it. I mean, she did, like, Stevie Wonder's Ribbon in the Sky or whatever. And all the young people were, like, shouting, because her character was, like, I think supposed to be quite promiscuous or whatever. They were shouting, like, ho, oh, buh all these, like, doggy things. And and the rest had to stop the show and sort of break it out and say, look, this isn't real. Like... Oh it's good that you're God. interacting. Yeah. I, don't if you, I don't know if you've done any plays or you've ever gone to a play where there's young people in the audience. They believe it.
0: Well, I was of the say, best. Th- it's kind of the best thing. I went to see the uh, Beauty Queen of Lillian at the Young Vic, Mark Madonna play. And there was a group in, in the evening, I think, a lot of young people and they were shouting out don't do that! Yeah, what yeah, are you yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah. This weird, the climatic role yeah. of the play. And I'm not going to say what it is because I don't want to spoil it because it's such a fucking amazing play. But something happens and they're shouting, Don't do that! Don't! And it's oh, God, it was hilarious. It was turned into a, a rock concert. Yeah. But it was brilliant. I remember speaking to so many actors who were on stage afterwards and they loved it. They couldn't get enough of it.
1: Because you usually when you're there, you don't know what... Unless there's, it's a comedy and you get the laughs. So you sort of have no idea what people are yeah. reading about it. Oh, you so. knew exactly what was yeah. going on there. And
0: that's great because you're getting young people into theatre.
1: Yeah, it's only our theatre culture that teaches us not to sort of interact. And when, I don't know when that happened. But I mean, you know, like, if you think about back in the day, down the road at the Globe... Oh, Jesus, are, yeah, we'd yeah been of course. There, I think there was some period where we stopped doing that, but... Yeah, I think it's really cool. It means they're engaged and It means they're listening. Geez, they'd have been
0: chucking shit at the stage. Chucking doing the <laughs> yeah, Booing the character. Yeah. yeah. A
1: bit like Panto, I guess. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: So, yeah. Um, where were we with that? Why did we get
0: there? Well, we're just talking about how little bits of professional jobs... Doing those things. So there's all sort of youth in. art
1: stuff, you know. And then... Um, and what were you thinking at this
0: point? Were you thinking... I that, think
1: that by then I knew I wanted to be an actor. Oh, really? Because I used to... I wasn't nice with like I used to go to the theater lots as a kid. I used to stay in and just watch TV. I watched like every show, sitcoms that I didn't know why people were laughing, but I was still like, oh, I'm going to figure this out eventually. A bit like when you start watching Tom and Jerry, and you can't read the bits, you know the bits where the, when you're a little kid, yeah, and you haven't learned to read properly, yeah. And sometimes they hold the signs up of like no danger or no, and you just don't know sure. what it is, but it's like, oh, I'll figure those out. Or it's a
0: newspaper headline that sort of swirls yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, and, and got- I'll, I'll figure. I, there'll yeah. be an age
1: where I do figure it out. And, and that was it with like stand-up comedy and all that kind of stuff as well but um, I used to watch a lot a lot a lot of TV I think and I think so I just I didn't really understand that. I was like oh people volunteering um, you don't you don't you just don't know do you like no how, of course you've got how, no how frame did, of reference have you yeah so when, I, so when that Unicorn thing, Theatre thing happened I was like oh it's a proper job and all those little experiences and um, and I did you know someone was like oh you should do National Youth Theatre so I did
0: that oh did you I'm doing plays yeah and that's Holloway hallway... Holloway Road yeah, yeah. Near the coronet, yeah. Um, although we never did go
1: there.
0: Um, you were too young, yeah. and I, Anyway, it wasn't a Weatherspoons at that point, I'm it sure. probably wasn't. Nice, <laughs>
1: it? Um, so I did that, and yeah, like the, the, the actors I did the youth fit with, like, I mean, you're talking about like, like, I feel like every TV show I'm, you're on, or, or uh, you probably had half of them on this on this podcast. Go on, right? drop them,
0: see, see it was who like was there, tell me who was there. It was
1: like Susan Wakoma, yeah, um, yep. uh. <sighs> uh, uh I can't think of anyone. Ashley Um uh, God, there's so many actors I suddenly can't think of them. Do you know what? As we go, I'll just pop
0: names out. Just drop them, yeah. But I'll pick them up. Just get,
1: yeah, it was just it was just a really amazing time. So I think the youth it
0: sort of opened up from doing like two plays a year to like lots of different stuff. So what was that? Because I never went to a national youth theatre, but mm. I always kind of looked up to it, but I didn't really know anybody who went. When I, I remember seeing a poster at school and I thought, Oh, that looks right on my street, but I don't really know who to talk to about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, turns out that somebody had just put the poster up at school, but no one could really Read know about it. Really yeah. help or anything. Yeah. And I thought it was London, you know, it's far away from me. So what was that? Was that was that a summer thing or Yeah, some kid at school was just like, I think it was in sixth one, he was like, Oh,
1: GCSE, and he was like, Oh, you should do this national youth theatre thing. I'm doing it, so I was like, What oh, is it? And, yeah, you auditioned and then you did this, like, summer course. Right. Where, like, my cheque bounced and then we had to find the money.
0: But um, Oh, so you had to pay for it? Yeah, you got to pay. You had to pay for audition as well. And it's still like that. Um, do, you, do you know offhand how much it is for a summer National Luther? I mean, I don't know how much it is now.
1: But, but if you're resident and you're staying there, it's definitely over a grand. It's like it's, it's, I, th- I think so, about £800 or something like that. Right. Okay. I don't want to say because I'm not sure and I don't no, want to say I mean, it's it w- what it is.
0: What I might do is I might um, do a little check and find out and then I can put it in the, yeah. uh, the blurb of this when yeah. this episode goes yeah. out. Or but, a link that people can go yeah. to to find out.
1: But I remember also auditioning. I didn't, I'd never done an audition before. Like, not like that. Like, the auditions for those other things were like workshops. Yeah. And I had to do two monologues and it was like a modern and a classical.
0: Oh, really? So it was like proper... Yeah. It was proper. I was yeah. like auditioning
1: for drama school and um, and we were doing it at Beffert School. So I just did that. We did the dagger scene. Of course. This just a dagger, which just seen for me. And the other I was like, monologue? Like, where do I find it? I didn't know it had been about for a few years. Google. So I was on Google and I was like, monologues. <laughs> and it was one about this 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 guy who was trying to sell coca-cola to these pregnant women being like can we inject this thing into you we'll give you thousands of pounds and it's so the kid's like slightly addicted to coca-cola right I grow up, therefore we'll make more profit um and uh, yeah and, I, and I, the guy who you know was quite quite sort of respectable now it's ed oh, damn but he was the old sort of artistic director he's passed away now but he must have seen something because i was making it up i mean I was sort oh, really? of like improvising and which now you think actually that is good rather than sort of it's how just, we teach them to do, do, you know, how you should do work where it's like yeah. alive and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I was making up bits of shakes. I didn't really understand that you had to like learn it, learn it. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. you hadn't at school. You don't yeah. really understand that you have to learn it and then work on it. How yeah, do the you know thing that? is,
0: you, you didn't know any better. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. no reference at all. We had this tennis
1: teacher and he used to be an actor. So I like literally on the morning before I went to him and he was like, oh, you, you definitely need to learn it better. I was like, oh, okay. I just didn't know. Somehow I got a place, and that was that. And I had a really great, great summer. But um, so yeah,
0: was it um, obviously compared to school? You're going to the National Youth Theatre, and you're meeting lots of like-minded people who are wanting the same thing. Yeah, the non-aggressive,
1: the non—and people from around the country never heard people from Wales from from the not like seen on TV. But it's the first time you see other people from all over. Yeah, and everyone was super nice and friendly, and. I think I did it quite young. I was in the sort of senior group, but I was quite young and um, I couldn't afford to stay in the. They have like a residence thing, which obviously where, you know, everyone's staying in the same building, so it's really fun.
0: But oh, I mean, you like in, you just to sleep over for like... Yeah, because people
1: are from all over the country. So yeah, oh, it was like course, two weeks, you had two weeks, exactly three weeks. Wow. It was three weeks. It was at Guildhall when I did it. Um, and, um, and yeah, and so, so it was kind of
0: like a... Yeah, it was a beautiful, positive, like brilliant thing. Um, Did things change within you because of that? Did your mindset change about sort of the possible future and what you I think you it was wanted? a
1: number of the things. I think it was all those things that I've mentioned before together really. I think I was right. at a point at that time and I remember thinking when I wanted to audition, I wanted to audition for Bristol Old Vic right. because um, it was outside London and my world at that time was violent, like it was horrible. So I thought that the whole of London was like that. Sure. That makes sense because yeah. own, my only relation, like relationship to my surroundings, was school and where I, you know, I lived and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. so, for me to get out of London and study was a really important thing. I thought that's what I wanted to do, um, and I remember auditioning. I didn't really know what I was doing. You know, I mean, I, you don't, So you, you went don't to go. Bristol. No, I didn't go to Bristol. So really. audition, you audition. I oh. went to audition and I, I ended up on the shortlist in the first year and I was at school. And I remember thinking, wow, like, oh, that's, that's, like, that's that was quite amazing. Right. So then the next year I auditioned, and I think I had a record central that first year as well. But I literally didn't, I mean, I was, did, I did it all by myself. And then the second, uh, I was waiting on the waiting list. and We were doing a show with ATS, with Amanda's school. Right. And she said, look, do you know yet? And I said, no. she goes, look, if you don't get in, I'm going to give you some, I'm going to give you free lessons, basically. So that's what she did. And so I'd go to her house and Did she? break down the speeches and yeah, hours and hours and hours and hours. Of, you know, after over a whole that period of time, and she would. So she sort she of became your me. mentor. Yeah, completely, yeah. completely. And um, uh, and then I remember thinking, I mean, because the audition for drama schools harder back then. If you're not, um, you know, uh, middle to upper class white, um, you know, it was it was a harder harder thing. I think if you. What 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 do you mean? It was harder then. Because there was, ne- there was less openness to... The barriers were harder that, you know, we've been working on the last three years to get rid of, you know, yeah. what you're needed and, and the panels and what's expected of you. Like, I remember going to my Bristol the second time and the guy going, you're not using the iambic. And I'm like, how do I... am 19. How do I know what that... Who's no one's ever taught the iambic? Yeah. This expectation that you know this stuff before you even get there. But also that I... that my voice, you know, I spoke like this, it's how I spoke. And so there was an idea that someone like me couldn't be. I remember being at a time like someone my colour as well, I was like, it's kind of me, another one, Deacon, and he's doing Killer Hood, so I'll be, like, doing the different work. I'll be doing the trained version of the yeah, Deacon. Do you know what right, I mean? Yeah. Like I had this thing in my head, that like, because I was like, oh, there isn't really anyone that's sort of mixed. Um,
0: and, and also the thing is, if you're told something like that at such a, a young age, then you start to believe it. That? That, like, oh, well... There's nobody quite like you, but you have to fit into a certain mould. You have to be this type mm. to achieve any sort of goal going down this path yeah. of of this business. Because all the
1: actors were. I mean, all the actors that you yeah. you go to auditions, everyone around you is of a certain ilk, and uh, I don't know if that's the right word, and then and then the graduates you were seeing were. And for me, I everything I'd done before in the youth had been quite accepting and man and that's youth there. That it wasn't really... My class or race or where I was or where I spoke wasn't ever a thing. It wasn't yeah. an issue. I always thought it was a. I always thought it was a good thing. Weirdly, like I know sometimes. I always thought it was a, oh I'm different to everyone else. That's quite a good thing. Um, but now looking, it is of course yeah. it's a good thing. But looking back, the when I think about you know the young people we work with, like the barriers were more. I mean, the the the, the fact that like I mean the Mad- Amanda because she went to Bristol she. I wasn't getting in anywhere and she, you know, she obviously she was quite a renowned actor, you know, one of their sort of big actors. Yeah. And she, she, she phoned them and she said, look, what's going on? Like, what, have you got any feedback? What's going on? They're like, yeah, we just don't think we can train his voice. And, that, and that's the kind of level you were dealing with, this idea that like you sort of have to have that perfect accent or voice before you even... Already? Already. God. So in terms of that, and so when I got in, I, I, so I, I didn't get in, um, so I went to the Bristol Recall because you get automatic recall when you, you know, if you've already had a final round. Did that, was looking forward, you know, was hopeful. Didn't get, got a definite no, not even shortlist that time. And then I didn't get any recalls at any other places. And I was like, I had drama centre left, which I didn't really know about. Um, it wasn't one at the time. I think people do know now because uh, of, you know, graduates, but it wasn't one that was in my... Central was down the road for me yeah. uh, at, at the school, but I, I didn't really know about that one. And, and um, I'd already given up. I was like, I had an ex-girlfriend who gone to uh um Lee Strasberg in New York and she'd done this like three month course so I was like do you know what I'll save up and I'll do that and I'll go there and then maybe they'll want me when I come back or whatever and then I did my drama center audition and someone from Amanda's school uh, ATS thing was there and what on the panel uh, uh, she was just auditioning as well oh right okay and um I did my audition and I came out and I remember them asking me like and now I know it's Annie who's head of I was heading my head of acting and now tutors for, she's a core teacher, rather, and teachers, you know, it's one of our open-door tutors. But she was asking me about, like, what it's like to grow up, where I'm from, like, discussion we're having. And I remember going, oh, I was talking so much rubbish, like, because I had this idea of how I needed to present myself and the rest of it. I think my head had already given up. And I went back, came out of the audition, I was like, look, I'm going to go, going to go to the rehearsals because I'm not going to get a recall. Because they put a list up at Drama Centre in the first round. She's like, no, no, stay. This girl was like, stay. And I was like, I just, what's the point? Like, it's not happening for me because people like me. And I also remember knowing, thinking that Drama Centre was known for like different kind of, different kind of actors, edgy actors. So I got in my head that I needed to grow a goatee. So I grew this goatee. (laughs) I just looked like a weird sort of half Iranian David Brent. (coughs) I grew this uh, goatee. Anyway, they came out and I went to the list and my name was on the list. And I was like, oh, okay, I've got a bit of a chance here. Right. Did the second round, the head teacher was there. Did that in the third round I had to, on the same day. I Had to make, I had to tell this joke. They were like, be an animal. And this guy who I knew was like in the second year, he came, spoke to me, and he told me this story about Brando. Do you know this story? That he was at training where he was training in America, yeah. and they got him and his classmates to feed chickens and go around and be chickens. And then she, they said a nuclear bomb has gone off, um, you know, five miles away or whatever. So everyone was like, everyone's going mad at chickens. And Brando just sort of carried on as he did. And after they were like, look, why didn't you react? And he was like, well, a chicken's not going to know that a, a nuclear bomb's gone off. You know, they does not they know knows no different. So I had that in my head. So I was like a chicken in this third final round. And everyone, of course, I was like lions and tigers. yeah, Girls and the boys. So I was this chicken and then you had to turn it into a character. Um, and I was just like, geezer, do you know what I mean? Bobbing my neck a lot. Yeah. And uh, I told this joke, which won't be funny, uh, on a special podcast. It was like, <laughs> knock, knock. I got someone, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I use you? Knock, knock who's there, interrupting Starfish, interrupting. And then I put my hand on their face, interrupting Starfish.
0: Yeah. Everyone started laughing. You got a little giggle corner. Come, Come on. Producer Griff, sat on the I velvet hope, sofa, you see. I that
1: reaches through people's ears. Yeah. Um, and laughed. And then I thought, you know, I've got a shot here. And and then within two, I did the recall next week and I was in. Um, when I thought that was an absolute impossibility. Right. And I felt like they celebrated the fact that I was different. Yeah. Um, but still, when I started there, I mean, I didn't realise my class and race until I, till I went there. I I I, I I'd never I'd questioned it.
0: Expe- explain more. What do you mean?
1: Like? Well, like when you grow up, everyone's mixed, and yeah. you 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 don't think about class because your world is that. Yeah. And then when you go into drama school or at that time, anyway, um, and what would have been the industry at that time, you realise, oh, like I'm i'm different like i didn't realize and people would yeah just a way that oh no one's like me everyone's ever i mean if you think that seven percent went to seven percent of the country went to private school majority
0: of people in the year went to private school yeah right which makes no you know like makes no, no sense were you made to feel different there or was it just a realization within yourself
1: sometimes by my peers because sometimes um i get quite passionate you know, I talk like, you know, with my hands and stuff. Yeah, um, But I, d- I would never call myself aggressive. And I remember someone saying, oh, you're, you're getting quite aggressive, which is a lot of the young people we do, they get told that. And you're like, no, no, that's just how they speak to each other. They don't want to like, but they're, they're just saying how they feel. Yeah. Um, and they're not angry. No one's going to hate each other. It's more passion than it's aggression. It's just passion. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. 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 just, oh, but why are we doing that? Or do you think maybe this? And so um, I remember that being a thing. But also like the first thing we ever did was Bernard Shaw, which is completely worthy. And not only dealing with the fact that like I wasn't a fantastic reader, it was me, there's an actress called Katie West. Um and she was from Stockport and she looked like that's one of the only at schools she she um she's always working at the exchange. Um and she Yeah, that's how I learned the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's you know she's Queen of Theatre. And uh and there was a girl from Burnley and I mean, there was another guy called Anthony in my year, but the rest everyone else was of the same milk. And we we had the diverse year. Right. you know what I mean? But it was like three people of colour and five working class people, but that was the diverse year, whereas the year below and above were pretty, yeah, everyone was, and thinking like these young, other kids in the class, they knew this world, this sort of, the world of the Bernard Shaw, whereas we were like, I've got to change my accent, my body, we couldn't just act, we had to change everything, it was double work for us. Yeah. And, and you know, that is the one thing I would say, I I never felt, there wasn't necessarily a race, at drama, center. it wasn't a race, a race thing, I don't, Maybe someone would argue not, but it was class. Yeah, but you class have, to go, was a you have to go from your own personal yeah. experience, don't you? I would it, say like? class was a was a, was a was a big thing, and it was, ended up being a class divide because the, as often placed in the institution, there's favouritism, and, and the favourites were the people who had their idea of what an actor should look and sound like. You know, right. And, and, and I remember sitting in um, a Weatherspoons uh, in Varendon. Where as any good was. student Come would do, David. When we had a class off, yeah. we'd go to Weatherspoons in the morning and we'd get the 199 breakfast. when that still existed. I don't know if it still exists.
0: Griff's so, 199 breakfast still exists? I think it's $2.99. There you go. Thieves. <laughs> not that as much. Banner Over the years. Mm. And uh, But you, was, you felt. Did you feel supported? When, when there was some sort of class divide.
1: I think I was all right, because I think they thought I was reasonably talented. I was always in the middle, so I didn't get done over by parts. Right. It's a confidence thing, because you're made to feel like you can't do the work that they're doing. And because the work they're doing is so heavily classical, because you can't reach it straight away, you're sort of made to feel like you you need to be like these students. So and you, if you've got some old-fashioned teachers, which there's always some... Oh, absolutely. You've got a voice teacher who basically... I remember sitting in the sort of uh, articulate, you know, the um, speech class, and every time I asked a question, she made me feel like she was like, "You need to speak better, basically." So I remember sitting in the class, wanted to cry, and being like, "Oh, I can't even use my voice," and which a voice to an actor is so you're already in this sort of pressured environment, and I I felt like I wanted to cry. You know, and they wanted to
0: fit you in a certain mold.
1: Well, that it was worse. It was kind of like I I wasn't where I needed to be, but I'm here to learn. because their idea of what an actor needs to look and sound like, which right, okay. was at the time, that's what they thought it was. Even though yeah. the industry had moved on, it's definitely moved on in the last seven years. But ten or eleven years ago, they were still mainly classical work on the rest of it. But it was sort of like, yeah, it was that. And I think that became. I remember sitting at Weatherspoons and just two tables because the favourites had sort of felt like there was a sort of hierarchy. They were the
0: good actors, and Well, they were certainly told and put they were in that told. That so they thought that's that what I mean. Were, yeah. yeah.
1: And so we were sitting on this other table, and I was like, "Flipping out! Like that's mad. Why are we on two, two different? Apart from my friend Lola, um, who's from a quite well-to-do background, and like has you know a very famous industry dad. But but because she, she was from London, she, she was chilled. She, she she came with us. And it's right. not that we anyone hated each other. It was just like it was just this divide.
0: Um, but do you think the divide was caused by how? It was, the, it was the, caused the by students staff. were treated from the tutors. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah 100%. Right. 100%. And if you've know, if you've got a young person, if you've got an actor who can't reach that and Shaw straight away because why would they have ever done that? They've done some youth here in Burnley. And it doesn't come naturally to And them doesn't it doesn't come yeah. naturally to them and it's work. They'll be judged on the performance at that last thing. So in in the head of that, tutor is like, oh, these are the good actors. They're not able to reach that thing without understanding that that student has to do triple the work of those other people everyone else just gets to act but everyone else but we have to worry about our body our voice i was london so i guess i didn't have to i didn't have a strong midlands or northern accent i had to and everything was rp everything had to be rp it wasn't about speaking your own voice back then so so there's people that literally couldn't do it if you can't you've got to stop that student from doing it if they can't do it i mean it's mad. Yeah, so
0: then you work on the strengths that they do have. Yeah.
1: And, and you know, when they come out, you, you know, you, you want to be able to have that skill. But it's, it's, if someone's really struggling, I mean, that's the thing. So I guess that led to how, you know, my mindset of everything else. But it equally was a, I had the most amazing training. And Drama Center back then was, I remember a lot of students have gone to like Radha and stuff and they were like, oh, we should Drama Center because they knew the quality of the training at that time yeah. was so good.
0: Um, and it was always, it was quite renowned for its, there was always myths and legends around trauma Because of the old center. days, trauma yeah. centre. The trauma centre, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And we had those stories too.
1: Yeah. Uh, but I remember people going, oh God, it's not like the old days. And I'm thinking, old days sound terrible. <laughs> they sound terrible. And what Annie and, and Vladimir did, because I know it's I'm talking about class stuff and, and it's, it's, you know, okay, I've, I guess I've criticised the time there, but what they did do is get rid of all that. It became a place where you you weren't in fear. No teachers were horrible to you. Yeah. If they was, you can go to where and they'd have a word. We had this voice teacher who was a bit, um, uh, I don't know, I was going to be bad to him. I won't say his name, then we'll be all right. It was called the Master of Voice, he'd named himself. Yeah, we can always beep it out, it's fine.
0: Um, what he gave
1: himself... I think he was called Master of the Voice at the Globe at the time. Right. And I think he came in and he'd wear Armani suits and there was um, some incense play, uh, playing, but getting burned Smoking burnt off. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, like, he would talk and he would tell these stories that were actually... He would talk about how, like, he met someone and they turned to a raven in front of him.
0: You're dealing with stuff like that. So he talked about this mystical... This is stuff that he believed or these were stories. He said it
1: happened. He said it happened to him. So he talked about this story, how he was Griff,
0: in... Get on the Google with this guy. I'm <laughs> going to put this in the link.
1: He now does like um, uh, help kind of... Yeah, that kind of stuff. Spiritual help kind of stuff now. I don't sure think he, he gets employed by, okay. uh, as, a, as a voice right. teacher. But I remember hearing these stories. There was one where he went... Um, I was in native America with my native America. He was in, cause, cause later on he uses them. He was in a forest in North America and he was sunbathing already. I'm like, why are you sunbathing in a forest? But we're there. And the, the wind was going <laughs> and the trees stopped and you heard, hoo-ha-ma-ha, hoo-ha-ma-ha, hoo-ha-ma-ha. and this tribe of native Americans came and they said, you are the, um, <laughs> you are the uh, ancestor of a great shaman. And my, friend from the bronx who'd come from america at the time Tony was like that never would have happened they hate white people like they killed them all like that never would have happened and the shaman took me he spoke like this he took me into the forest and i saw him turn into a raven in front of me and he taught me the the shaman ways and i they then gave me this drug and you know like that thing that that people do, don't they, to get high base for two days and it makes well, you feel
0: like awful. that. that yeah. That's basically what he said. So
1: that I understood that that could have happened. And he was put into a cave and he was naked in the cave. And he woke up and he was being dragged by a donkey up the mountain. And he woke up and he could speak to the I could speak to the animals. Right. So you're dealing with that. And because these young people are like, oh, this is a massive main school, like I gotta look up to these people. And people are like that. And me and my mate Tom were like, he was like laughing into his water because are like, this is, this is actually mad. Eventually we clocked on them, because we just never did any voice work. I mean, we did a poem, we would be like, you need to speak lower. And so you have people just going, Look, speaking low all the time. There was never any voice work. Um, and so eventually, which now I think about it makes sense, I was like, they brought this speech teacher in, and she was new, and then she, now she's ended up speaking lots of schools, and I don't know if she's even in drama schools anymore, because she's so um, sort of um, wanted. And... She made me feel loads better my voice. She was like, oh no, like it's fine. It's just muscles. If you do this and this and this, it'll get better. And suddenly I was like, oh, like, yeah, it's just a muscle. My diction can get better. And and then he wanted to um, get someone else in her 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 place. So I started this petition and I was like, this is fine. We've got a voice that's good. And this has to stop. Like we've literally not had any voice because at the time the voice wasn't great. And that's what happened. And she stayed and eventually Zau has got, Cut and then you know, because everyone after years realised it just wasn't any good. But um, but I guess yeah. So I guess even I then can't I was doing took so long. Yeah, it took two so like and yeah, to a half years. So we had a, we had a good we had a voice teacher by the end. Fucking hell! I think I think especially back then because I think voice because of the things we were talking about. Like voice is such a massive part, and if you're telling someone their voice ain't right. Um, there's something wrong. What the damage that can do is quite heavy. Like, it's quite huge. Not letting them speak. And you're going, like, oh, that's your accent, that's your dialect. Because this, this RP thing is like a made-up, you know, it's not even like an actual real dialect from the real yeah. place, but it's this standard thing. But it doesn't mean it's the right thing. If you go to the north like this idea that like you know we see on TV we see lawyers and they've always generally got an RP accent We like if you go to the north there's a lot of lawyers with northern accents that's just the standard you I, go I, to I Wales I a lawyer
0: in my time yeah. David I'll tell you oh you've you. broken I, the mould I, I was very north
1: of... <laughs> you've broken the mould but like that's you know that that idea of it um, so yeah it had that stuff it had the class but the training was amazing and I think I felt very lucky to have gone there. And although I had this idea of what I wanted to go to Bristol and the rest of it, I was so glad that someone like me went to a drama centre, which was so thorough and but it was it about like, acting.
0: Like, you learn about acting it as opposed like to like were, sword fighting. You, you know, you wanted to go to Bristol because you were heavily influenced because Amanda went to Bristol. So it's a very yeah, nat- And I
1: wanted to leave London because I thought the whole course, world was there gonna were
0: so many factors in that. Now obviously I don't touch on work that much when I talk to actors anyway, big, for all sorts of reasons, because, right. you know, it's kind of dull and, it, and I want to get to know <laughs> the person. I mean, not just for me. I, I, I don't want it to be dull for, yeah, yeah. for actors coming and going, oh, let's talk about this job. And... You know, it becomes part and parcel of, 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 oh. sort of the job anyway. But what I'm so interested about and stuff that I don't know about and I want to educate myself a bit more is the very start, the, the germ of the idea of Open Door. Yeah. Where did it come from and when did it start? So, and for people who are listening now who don't know what Open Door is, <laughs> me and David are going to be discussing this now. <laughs> yeah. So you will, um, you'll start to learn more okay, about what so it I is. I still start at the beginning. I think so, yeah. So, I think it's a really good place to start with it. Yeah. So, and I'm uh, saying this from on. a selfish point of view because I don't know and I yeah, really yeah, want yeah, to yeah, know. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's good. Um, so,
1: I worked with young people since I was about 17 and drew Arts. They taught young people to teach young people, which I think is really good. You're getting facilitators from the area to work with people because actually in participation, the average, like most people are sort of um, uh, white middle-class females. That's just general participation work as a whole. So I think it was really good that they got people from the thing to teach young people and set them up. And that's probably what led to it. And so I started teaching little ones. Uh, and then after time, I was doing more facilitating and I was um, I did stuff in National Youth Day and peer stuff, and, which included some work in some um, young offenders and all that. And then I became associate and I was when I graduated, and I was sitting on panels, but I'd sort of taught and facilitated for a long time. And when I graduated, I also worked in a school part-time. It was a, uh, a school that was doing amazing work, but a very deprived area in South London, sort of very like white working class and African and East Asian. That was sort of the the, the mix of the, the school. In okay. Kidbrook. And I'd travel like two and a half hours to get there. Right. Um, right Were you used to in wheels at this point? I used in wheels yeah. I, I had to travel right across. And um, and I, what what I kept seeing with all these things is that young people didn't know how to do it, how to get into it. They didn't really know that like drama school was a thing. Um, there just seemed to be this massive gap between... But with with knowledge. So when, when I remember doing... Um, national youth music choir or something like that I, I applied for it when i was younger and the teacher at school was like in, in music i was like 15 or whatever and was like you should apply for this and i said okay what songs are doing she was like wonderwall and something else so i go into the the audition for with a teacher and again i'm in this audition room going everyone no one looks like me one <laughs> sounds like me and i heard this warming up on the side you know which i know i know it's like scales and stuff but i didn't know it was something oh yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I saw this. And then they were like, "Dave, you can warm up now. And I was like, I don't know how to, how to warm up. So I just sung my song really quietly in the corner. Uh, and then this person came in, and I went in and did my songs, and I didn't get a place. Fine. The next year I went again. This she said, You should go again. And I went. And, um, and when I got there this time, they said, Oh, you're the Wonder boy. So I've so been a they joke.
0: Were, they remembered you.
1: They remembered you because I've been a joke. Because I've oh. been, been starting to laugh at. I've been starting to be like, oh, he came and did Wonderwall, um, which was like, you know, a ballady version. I didn't know a guitar out. But it's like, it's that idea that like, you're expecting these people to understand, like if there are these rules, you need to tell them. If there's yeah. specific songs you want to do. But the fact that I'd sort of been talked about and laughed about... Um, So when I used to do auditions for National Youth Theatre, always run over, and I especially always run over, because I thought it was pointless that these people are coming in and not telling them what they need to do. So, you know, there was like this 14-year-old mixed-race boy who came in and did Professor Snape from Harry Potter and just had some lines saying, you know, be quiet, Hermione, be quiet, Ron. And so I I took my time to be like, hey, like, find a speech like this, something your age, something you connect to, think about this. So they get something from the audition. So when they come back next year they're coming with something because no one's telling them that they need to be truthful.
0: Well, if people aren't given the knowledge, what are they supposed to do?
1: And the other reason I felt there were a lot of things that I felt were quite exploitary of young people, people paying hundreds of pounds for two nights a week or a night a week, and there's like this pyramid sort of scheme. So it's kind of like um, beginner, beginner two, beginner three, intermediate intermediate two, intermediate three, professional, semi-professional, blah, blah, agency at the top. So, you know, I'm obviously trying not to name a certain thing, but it's about money. It's yeah. not about nurturing any talent. It's about this idea that I'm going to get you a job. Um, you can be in the agency and all that kind of stuff. Um, and there's a lot of things like, you know, those sort of stage schooly things, which
0: we can set up any day. We don't have to have we, – we can just set up a brunch. Well, um, I've spoken about this in the past, that anybody can set all this yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I remember you might have seen maybe a year or 18 months ago, Somebody had posted on social media that they were doing a weekend course of you know acting for the screen mm. with this, some sort of renowned actor. And I had to look him up, never heard of him at all. This is it, they call it a masterclass. And they call it a masterclass. And they're charging upwards of like £80 per day. Yeah, And it's like, this is money making. Well, we're exploiting... Young people. I That's so. a lot of fucking money, especially if you if your organisation is
1: deemed at a certain um, target group. Well, it is a tar- and that you're that is target. You're it's group. accessible and yeah. and actually it ain't. And and often what happened, I saw a lot that drama schools people would say drama schools are too expensive. This is what you should do instead, right? And so I saw the sort of um, pushing down of drama schools and their reputation. Yeah. And that's what they do because they call their things drama schools. And you're like, that's not what it is. Your acting course. and If they say, oh, we come do some acting classes, beautiful. That's fine. And and being transparent about it is great. But to call it a drama school in the same way where where people are doing, you know, all this, you know, some of the best teachers in the country every day, hours, you know, every week. You can't compare that to. And to say that you're a drama school, I just think there's something about it that's not quite... um, genuine and it's quite, well, it quite disingenuous
0: you're not, dis- certainly disingenuous, not, so. you're not so. credit. who's credit in it <laughs> yeah
1: so you know we deal with a lot of people that come from some of these organizations that come with horror stories like i've been in this for four years and actually then i was told to pay more i have to wear a t-shirt i have to wear the t-shirt the brand you're i'm not allowed in the class Ooh. um people that have the age they're in the agencies and they go well you're not working at the moment so you have to go back to the classes essentially you're not making money for us in the agency so you have to go and you have to go and pay for classes i mean oh, it's right. that bad it's
0: like a fucking sweatshop it's
1: just bad. Yeah. And and then, so the ex- exploitation, the fact that young people didn't know how to get into it. And the other thing was also that I'd was i I'd sort of done bits of tutoring. Sometimes I'd done it for free and sometimes depending on the income of the person. And there were these twins, um, Mari and Leah, and they were helping out with the National Youth Theatre auditions. They'd already members and they were sort of helping. they see how I was working with the people coming to audition. And and um, they were like, hey, look, I'm auditioning with drama school. Will you have a look? So I got talking to them and they told me how their father passed away and their mother wasn't really coping financially. So they were, they were helping out. And I said, look, when I help you over that period of time. And so I helped them with their speeches and all that kind of stuff. And they, one got into Guildhall and one got into RADA. Wow. And then since graduated, one's done a show at the bridge and, 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 um, and the other one, um, they both were in this, you know, they were making a spin-off for of Game of Thrones. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the pilot's gone through, but they were in the pilot. So if it'd gone through, they'd... so I was like, how Brilliant. can I do that on a bigger scale? So first I was like, oh, let me, um, let me just go back to Old Drama Center and ask for eight auditions. But the first time I spoke to it, it was my mate, um, Amelia, Amelia Clark, who's in my years now a patron. And I started to I've got this idea. And I just, I kept seeing Twitter, like everyone just going, everything's wrong. Um, these people need to do this. And I'm just like, no one's doing anything. Everyone's just moaning about it, which is, you know, the often state of uh, social media. Yeah, And... I just realised like, oh, maybe people don't know because what I've actually come up with isn't that innovative. Like it isn't, it isn't some um, new idea. When I set it up, as we'll talk about in a sec, everyone was like, oh, I can't believe this didn't exist before. Um, and so so uh, I remember speaking to Amelia and I said, like, I've got this idea. And I was like, would you be a patron? And she was like, yeah. Um, but the thing didn't really exist. So I went to drummers, I got eight. went to speak to Amanda and she said, look, I think you should start small. I was like, okay, I'm, uh, I'll start small. So I went for eight. And then, through a carceress called Nadira Sakuma. Right. She heard about it, so I had a meet with her, and she knew with Royal Welsh, so I got eight from there. And then I went with Radha, and they offered 30. So I went back to all the others. And I was like, look, they are offered 30. Can you give me 30 auditions, free auditions? Because free auditions didn't really exist. Now there's lots of free waivers and stuff, but three yeah. years ago that, that wasn't a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so once I had those three, I was like, everyone's going to seem really mean if they don't give it you Know this is it's politics, like the whole thing. People will follow suit, that's the thing. My life is very political these days, and you have to sort of just, yeah, if you're dealing with big institutions and people and sometimes ego, yeah, but
0: also you're fighting for change,
1: yeah, yeah. But you have to, you can't. My tactics tend to not just like kick the door down, my tennis, try my tax more, and sort of, um, you know, cuss people on Twitter and social media. I tend to do it behind the scenes, I tend to try and get people a bit more positive about it and Yeah, but you get them go inside. in with such
0: a sort of calm and savvy approach. I mean, do you remember when a couple of years ago when we did that panel mm, at the BFI, BFI mm. and there was a lot of anger from yeah. certain people coming in the audience and it's like, don't walk into the room with all that anger because you've already lost. Yes. Yeah. You've already lost. Yeah. Yeah, you, you don't people are not gonna respect you and your voice means nothing yeah. because You've gone a bull in a china shop.
1: It's fine to have the anger, of course, that passion, all that stuff. But if you can sort of channel it in a way exactly. that is effective, it's
0: how it's yeah. channeled.
1: Because I think I do think it. it oh, I need to talk about what it is, still, but like it, it's taken a massive chunk. My life changed. Like my it, without sounding into um, like a martyr, like it, it, it's sacrifice. Like my life is it's changed. But if you, but, but I think if I just think if you really care, I think you should do something about it. Yeah. And that's what that's what happened. So I. I put my money where my mouth is, and I I did this film, and I did this this TV job, and I was like, right. I had 300, I thought I used 300 pounds of it, and I'll get someone, Ruth, who now works full-time for us, who um, was an actress, become an actress again, producer, and worked a lot of young people. And I was like, I'm going to give you this, and we're going to apply for Arts Council money. But before that, I tried to give it to the old Vic. They don't know, I tried to give it to them. But Alex Ferris, who's our trustee, who was head of participation then, I said, look, I've got this idea. I, 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 I haven't got time to do it because the acting was going all right. I said, I haven't got time to do it. I think, you know, but because they did all of it, new voices and all that stuff. I thought it was a good home for it. He said, like, I think you should do it. I think it'll happen quicker. You thought about arts council money. I thought arts council money was just for plays. And he said, no. So we went for the lowest of the low. We went for that for the 15 grand, the sort of yeah. the max of that sort of lower thing. And it, the first year was just me and a broken computer and I had someone working part-time three days a week, had a bit of money and I, was, I moved back home because I thought I can't afford to, um, I won't be able to have another job. So I, you just I think need I, to balance that out. Yeah, so I had to move home because I, because I can't do all three things. I can't I can't bring home you know nine hundred pounds for rent or whatever. So um, so yeah, so we, we got this arts council money. I got all the schools involved. All any theatres that ever worked out. I just said, hey, look, if you've got space free when you're not using it, could things happen here? And everyone, not everyone, people, some people were so some people were so um, positive, but people admitted after, like, yeah, I thought you were dreaming. It wasn't going to happen. I remember someone saying to me, why are you trying to change the world? I was like, no, nah, just, I've got some people into drama school, so I reckon I can just get a few more people in. That's all it was to Fucking me. Fucking hell, that's
0: negative. Yeah,
1: so it put me off for a bit. And that same person texted me once it launched, and it sort of made a bit of a fuss. They launched, I was like, if there's anything you can do. I was like, well, you should have been a bit more positive when I was going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so, so... <laughs> so I went to Drums got the theatres involved and that's where the space you know that's where the work would happen um, and then and then, what else the patrons are, you know got a few more patrons and stuff and I asked Amanda and there was Amelia and Woody Harrison which everyone's a bit confused by because he's an American movie star but I did this film called Lost in London which was this live film and with, so, uh, with
0: Peter Ferdinando yeah. yeah
1: and as we were shooting it it was getting streamed to cinemas. So we had to practice like a play. So, and the, the space that sort of Woody allowed, it, we all got on, it was just an, a really an amazing experience. And so I just remember going, I remember talking to him about it. And then my working class mind, which is one of the biggest barriers goes, oh no, like, don't ask people for things. And I, I remember just going to go into the room, I was like, should I just WhatsApp him? I just WhatsApp him. I was like, Woody, you know that thing that I told you about, would you just like, would you be a patron? You don't have to do much, maybe like send a tweet or whatever. And um, I'm going to ask him to do more now, but like, that's it. And he was like, yeah, okay, cool, dude. Sounds good. And suddenly, you know, suddenly that's how it happened. So I think people are a bit confused by that. And so when it when it launched, it kind of went a bit mad. I remember launching it and going, oh, what happens now? Um, and it kind of just hit off on Twitter. And it could have been because got all the drama schools, um, all those big theatres, the patrons. But I think it was the idea itself. Yeah. And the fact that everyone was like, "Why hasn't this happened before?" Yeah. I thought this already existed, because it's just mad to think that it didn't happen. So people paid two thousand, like people paid so much money. It was just about outside London after trains and stuff. You know, only two thousand pounds. People, people just couldn't get even the door. And I remember when I it's an open door. And I remember when I set it up, I was like, "I've got to make sure I have," you know. um, Ethnic minorities representation, but I knew it had to be about talent. I don't, I don't want to do any positive discrimination or tick boxes because I think just it's, it's, it undermines the talent of the young people.
0: But also the fact that uh, every young person should have a chance to be educated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the door should be open. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Hundred percent. Oh,
1: bottom line is that hundred percent. And I think that what we end up in is that two thirds of the people that applied were ethnic minorities, which is surprising to me, but. Yeah cause all we've been told is that they don't exist. These actors don't exist. You know, we need to encourage more people. It's like what people have said about the Oscars, right? Like we need more female directors. And that woman was like, "There's female that. directors. just got to give them jobs. <laughs> they're there. Uh, exactly. So, so, so that's what happened. And the same with the tutors. I just got all the people I ever wanted to work, you know, all the people I respected and wanted to work with. And you know, people like Roy is now like, Roy Alexander is like, he's still doing stuff for us. Someone from Sheffield who goes there for tutoring. People that I thought were good at acting and were just nice would know how to sort of nurture that talent. And also and people
0: with clout.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I was smart. I know. I know. I mean, who else would give me space? But I know having those theatres would help. I know having those patrons would help. I know all of that. I also knew that that would encourage young people to sign up because it sounds like a fancy thing. Yeah. Um, and I just sort of learned from all the things that I'd ever been involved with in an organisation. I was like, what are the good bits? What are the bits that need improving? So originally I was just going to chew at eight. And then United Agents, who I'm represented by, my agents heard about it, sort of sent it up the line. And they pledged a certain amount of money for three years, which meant I was able to chew all 30. Because I realized actually, no one cares about the eight, they care about all the 30 that were going to do it.
0: Yeah. So I was like, oh,
1: I'm going to have to chew all of them, like find the time to do it. <clears throat> and so that's what happened. And but how did you find the time?
0: Because you were doing this by yourself?
1: Oh, I didn't, I mean, I didn't sleep. I mean, when I said I didn't sleep, like, I would, I was working eight hours a day, like if that's possible, like it was, it was, I get home, it's, you know, eight o'clock or whatever, I've probably got some lines to learn for an audition because it just come the night before and I've got all these emails and things to send because I knew it had to be of quality. I had that, that first year had to bang, it had it had to work um, to the best it hit. And I, I didn't want to, I did not want to let anyone down who'd, who'd put a, you know, so much free stuff that people give us Yeah, um, and I didn't want to let those young people down. And I needed it to work. And I'd be like, all right, well, I'm up till 2 a.m. And that's what happened. I got up. And people knew me then. And that first year, like, if you think I speak fast now, I was, I was, I'm, my mind was, just, I yeah, it was yeah. just... It was just, because you're just constantly trying to solve problems at that level and and, and and make things work. You know, it's not exaggeration. It was just me and a broken computer and Marshall on three days a week who did way too way too much. Um, and I was, what, 400 pound a month or whatever. So acting suffered, like... You preparation, you know, I've got a meeting with you and I've got to tutor a young person but you can be audition for tomorrow. Well, I can't, can't not do that. Yeah. So sometimes the preparation was bad and I started to worry about it but I think what was amazing, my agents were so supportive of it and you know, like you're not supposed to say like, hey, look, can they see me Thursday instead? You know, you're not... But that's what that's what it is, and that's what it still is. You know, I'm like, look, yes, but can is that
0: possible? Yeah, but you're prioritising what's what's important. Yeah, there, you know, and this is and now I'm trying to find a balance. Change your life.
1: Yeah, now I'm trying to find the balance again, and 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 it and it and I think it did take its toll. It was it was. Um, did I didn't it have ever, a social life? Didn't did, have a. Did it ever become too much?
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent.
1: Yeah, 100%. yeah so I, mean, do, I mean, what did
0: you do to change things then?
1: I sort of just the second year when we were going to go, I said. If we don't get the money we do to have someone else full time. Yeah. I'm not doing it. We need to pause it for a year. Because right. and we went ambitious straight away we were like East Mid's cuz when we launched there was people that were critical like why is it in London? And you're like it's just it's just me man. Like I'm not an organization. Like if you want to set up in in I don't know Derby set up in Derby like I I, I I I you do it. I'll help you. I'll give you our arts thing because that's the thing about the Twitter thing. It's like my intention is always to go out But I don't know one there yet. I need this to work here, Um, and and. And you need to.
0: I remember. I remember. I remember this distinctly because people go, "Well, why is it just in London?" But it's like, well, we need to get this model completely sound first before we take it anywhere else. I don't know
1: no one one else yet. Yeah, I know these good tutors. I know the theatres. But also, I live here. Yeah, but you know, people people are ready to criticise before they've actually done any research in it. Um, but I tried to balance it out. Oh, I don't have fights into it. I tried to be like, hey, cool. Well, this is what we're doing. And if you, I'm happy to help you with an application. If and you, hopefully are. one day. And they were, um, yeah, hopefully one day. And um, but when we did the first show in, should I say what it is? Yeah. <laughs> so what they do? Um, each young person that first year got a free audition at Rada, the Guildhall Drama Centre, Royal Welsh. Now we've added Royal Scotland. And Drama center is in a bit of turmoil at the moment, so there is no no Drama Centre this year. Um and they get one-on-one tutoring with the people I mentioned, Stefan Jascore, Ryan Alexander, like just really amazing people. Myself at the time, on the Shakespeare, on the on the moderns and all that kind of stuff. They get a series of workshops every two weeks, um, working with d directors like Polly Bennett and people at the top of their game. Yeah. Again, it's just friends like Polly Bennett was I was an ash theater in a play with her. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's just favours and friends and you know, we were paying them but very little. Um and in that first year anyway. And they go to the theatre for free. So they saw plays, you know, Don Mar, uh, Royal Court, um, all that kind of stuff. They all just gave free tickets. So they went to see free shows. Oh. And where they do the work is in those buildings. So they get used to being in those buildings. That idea that they don't um, belong in there or like, these are bigger than me. Yeah, they um, gave us free space in, in the first year in Central. So they're already in those drama schools as well working. Um, and so when it comes to it, it's less scary. Um, and they also, there's a hardship fund. If they can't get to sessions or whatever, we can help out. Now, sometimes we pay for lunch if, they, if it's a full day and they actually don't even have that much money. They can't afford the books or whatever, the plays. We can do that for them. Um, and what else did they get? They get a buddy each, a person from industry that's perhaps a fully uh, similar background, who's gone to drama school, to just someone else to speak to. And that's yeah. actually really hard. It was actually really hard to find working class actors like who had gone to drama school that that work which kind of says some stuff right Yeah, yeah, yeah. the talent kind of finds out for ways of, of coming out yeah because it can't quite not quite get through the door um and and I was like if I'm lucky I'll get one on two in because you know it's 3-4000 people applying for and some schools it's 6000 for you know 28 places 30 places and what we ended up with was with, was with over 300 recalls 86 final rounds and 35 offers which kind of like is, like is, it is actually mad. And I think that, so a um, piece like Guildhall, which at the time they would have admitted it was quite white middle class, had been yeah. for a while. Nine of them had an offer. So a third of the year was made up just from this one scheme of offers. Wow. Um, um, and so, and yeah. And so now in the first two, you know, I think at the moment it's like eight people at Radar between the two years. There's like 12 at Royal Welsh, it's like six at Lambda, there's a ton at Guildhall. It, it yeah. Someone's described it, it might have changed the landscape a bit. Um
0: I think it really has, definitely.
1: Well, and I think just and, and just the, the conversation about access, um and,
0: are and are then, you starting to see a change, and I'm not necessarily saying because of what you've you've done, but also in a way I kind of am.
1: Yeah, it's really hard to um uh uh, quantify or or say uh, the impact it's had if the schools have made changes themselves. But I know a lot of the changes had had come. I used to be a bit shy about saying that, but I'm not anymore. Like a lot of it has come from that. So Rada and London now have um, obviously sarah's has changed since that that audition fee. But twenty five, you know, anyone under the um, income of twenty five thousand has a free audition. Um, There's now, um, uh, there's also uh, travel bursaries and things like that. Brilliant. Talking about the panel, changing the panel was one of the biggest stuff. You know, it's the first time they've ever had 30 young people give unbiased feedback. You know, they're not worried about, oh, I better not say anything bad in the feedback form because they might not take me. um, About the schools. So sort of talking about how one school, for example, a lot of the auditions found it quite hostile your panel yeah. it wasn't a space where they can go and perform and if you think about it it's kind of mad like if you in any workplace have um feel like you can't everyone hates you and it's a bit hostile you don't do good work you don't feel valued and you don't do good work of course you don't it's and ridiculous they, yeah, and if you talk about a young person who's you know got an overnight like, train from Scotland all the way down a coach and they're there for 10 minutes already like, under so
0: much pressure on yeah, that journey
1: and they've had one, one audition two auditions because they can afford so the pressure on that audition um and, and they're knackered because they've been on that overnight coach and then they're treated badly. How are they going to do good work exactly. about creating space? So we start questioning about who are on these panels? Because if you've got someone who's only done the RSE 50 years ago, perhaps their idea of what a woman looks and sounds like is, is different. What an, uh, uh, an actor should look or sound like is different. And I just think if, if they haven't ever worked with young people, never worked with young actors, so either members of staff or they work with young actors regularly, or they are... Regular working people in the industry, yeah. I'm not sure what their place on the panel is. Um, and so it's sort of bringing those questions into place. And so, what is the diversity in its truest form, not just yeah. about um race, but in all the different aspects of class? Um, is that is, is 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 going on with those panels? Um, and I think class is the thing that's always been missed out. Um, I think a lot of actors have talked out about it. Um, James McAvoy, people like you know, all that kind of thing. But I think Open Door, I would say that sort of uh, made that conversation a little bit bolder without saying it. We say low income because because of what it is and, yeah. and in terms of it, you have to have a low income. But obviously we can measure class in lots of different ways. Absolutely. But I don't think class was actually at the top of the thing. And now you've seen the Arts Council change the social, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And and how do we quantify class and all the rest of it. So. I would say that that's one of the things. I think the conversation about class has happened, um, access about making drama schools were in a place where they were becoming irrelevant. You know, people were sick of the the, the, the what they were seeing at the showcases. Whether it's not the talent wasn't necessarily. It's not. It's not anything bad on the students were coming out, but there was a lack of different type of actors coming out. Um, the, the type of plays they were doing. It was an access uh,
0: issue as well, which know. is the
1: biggest point. Exactly. So when I want you know, I you know the big chat about. Um, you know, after act for change and, and all that stuff that starts the conversation, I was like, yeah. And it's not that like these actors don't exist. Of course they did, but to be doing the 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 level of work that and the um, range of work you want them to be doing, well, we need to start from the bottom because yeah. they all these actors have been sort of repressed and oppressed for a long time. So yeah. let's make a generation of actors and and
0: and let's let them know that it is accessible. It is
1: accessible and and. So those kinds of talk about how do we teach and, and what are we access the biggest one panels, regional auditions? How do they travel there? Can, do we need four rounds in one place on four different days? Like that's four train (laughs) fares. Yeah. Even administratively, isn't it easier to make sure two rounds are on one day? I see you, hour later go into the other panel. It's surely cost effective, but all it was is that these things hadn't been looked at because it hadn't really been an issue. We get the talent coming through what we want. And, at that time I felt that drama schools were starting to seem irrelevant. And I think now that people have got a bit more excited about them again, or that there is a possibility. You know, we talked to a lot of people, school teachers, even, even, you know, in the last two days, I've been these um, uh, school teachers at uh, national theater who come up and, and take workshops. And we were doing stuff about sort of drama schools and, yeah. and, and, and monologues and how to work with young actors. And they would talk about the fears they have about the mental health of these young people or the stress under or like, oh God, they're even going to take the young people that I work with. And, it's about convincing those youth theatres as well um, that these are places where they're not going to come out and with an RP accent. Actually, now, drama schools are... People are celebrating the accent they have and all the rest of it and reassuring them because there had been years of neglect. There had been years of where this stuff hadn't happened. And then the industry as well going, I think, personally, if, you get, if the drama schools become irrelevant and go, unless you're from London, really, it's super hard. Here's a place. I want to be an actor. I don't know much. I can go train and there's a bit of a showcase at the end. Because... You know, if, if, if Shane Meadows didn't happen to be cast in This Is England at that time, his skins weren't doing open auditions at that time. There's whole generations of working class actors, especially if you talk about the East Mids. You know, if it yeah. wasn't for TV workshop, like,
0: you wouldn't see them. Absolutely.
1: Um, and and the, and the, and the organisation that'll come from that afterwards. But you're talking about a massive lack of uh, just, just bundles of young people and young actors that we just don't get to see who are brilliant. Um, so... How we, what we see as good acting as well, and uh, what is the industry that we're actually trying to make these actors for? Do we need two lessons of period dance a week? I don't Why, 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 yeah. why do we, why do we do that? We'll probably learn it on set if I have to do it. And all that much stage, you know, fighting. Um, uh, most people in action films are probably never went a drum school anyway. Yeah, you because get because someone like who's going like to do a punch. You
0: go, you think, oh, well, it's. Just because it's always been the way, mm. doesn't it. Mean, doesn't mean that it has to continue to be the way.
1: Yeah, and a lot of time, like it's, it's more because the drama schools were quite um, inward-looking and insular. Yeah, um, uh, they're really busy. There's a lot going on. You know how much of how much do the teachers go to the theatre and have they have and then, and the, you know even the industry we've been in it in the last seven years has changed drastically. Still when I came out and graduated, there was still a lot of classical work and the rest and it was done in a certain way and certain people um were doing it. You know? Yeah. They were definitely white casts, There were definitely, you know what I mean? Um and but it moved quick. Like it's, it's we've we've changed a lot in the last seven years. Yeah. There weren't even female artistic directors, like that didn't exist. Like it's that's wild,
0: right? Like it's crazy. And to think and like crazy that now. To think like
1: that. And 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 that and that um most of them were uh, white males from Oxford and Cambridge that was just a standard thing for any artist director yeah. so it's changed so drastically um, of course there's more to go but it has if exactly. I that have lived both times I was at the beginning of it, it it has and I think that all that happened is they didn't quite catch on that they didn't see the work that was happening and there are some schools that have and always have like um, I won't never say anything that hasn't but Royal Welsh you know um, there's a guy called Dave Bond who's retiring he's been the head of acting there for 25 years and he's, he's raised that school up you know it's it's one of the top schools at the moment and because they were they have been and on, on, on creating actors that are working actors that are relevant and you know every time I went for a meeting and I was I, I'm trying to convince someone that drama school's still a good idea and all that kind of stuff and I go well oh, look at Royal Welsh and they're like oh yeah I know yeah when I go into castings and people want to talk about it and castings, what I'm up to and all the rest of it, and they're like, oh, yeah, Dave Bond, we know Dave Bond. Because he understood that there has to be a connection with the industry. It's not a separate thing. You have to keep in touch and know what's going on. Yeah. Um, and it's not about networking, networking. It's about going, well, hang on, what's going on? How are we creating it? What, are the work, what is the work we're doing and for the time relevant. that we're in? What's relevant?
0: It's like, I remember in my second year at drama school, and also very, very set tutors who were there. So did
1: you go to drama school? Yeah, they were in
0: the building, right? And then we had outside directors come in who were working in the industry today. Mm. And, well, everything changed. Because I went, well, wait a minute. You're giving me a completely fresh perspective and you're working. Mm, 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 mm. You've know, you got your finger on the pulse because you're doing it. You're directing or you're acting or you're out there. And you're not in this cocoon. Yeah. So you're not following the footsteps of what it has always been, what it shall always be. Yeah. It's completely different.
1: Well, how do we better our practice? How do I still want to learn more? Exactly. Um, and I think that, I think what is really positive, just even we had a Q&A with um, part of the process, they have they have like graduating, just graduated students, or yeah. third years of each drama school come, and, and two of them were open door people who in their second year. And I was like, I remember talking to them going, you know, things are kind of changing, Um, but they weren't. And a little bit, people were talking about it. And last year I was like, okay, we're kind of in like a changeable time. And this year I'm like, oh no, you guys are in a transitional time. But I remember talking about the first year going, you guys are the first wind. Like you guys are part of this change without making them, not in a sort of big headed way or so, but like, you guys are part of it you're not going into perfect things and i think what's really special is that and sarah frank sort of back this up because we want some q a together sarah frank used to run the exchanges now yeah head of lambda and these are the guys because there's a confidence to them where they didn't they perhaps didn't feel how we felt when we started drama school It's like i don't deserve to be here or like oh maybe i'm the one that's wrong and everyone else is right that they're the ones going hey i'm not sure about this can we talk about this and why is this happening and and, and doing it in a, a, uh, a non-shouty uh, way, non, non-aggressive, non-aggressive and, way of yeah, going, yeah. hey, like, why? And can we yeah. talk about this? Yeah. And well, it, I think that's like, what's yeah, really beautiful um, about it a little bit. Non-confrontational. Yeah. yeah. You've got to have conflict. You've got, we do get angry and all that rest of it, but there has to be a balance and there has to be something about... I think everything's so polarised, and I'm not sure which you could say about the country and all the rest and the politics oh. of it, but it's so polarised and I'm, I just think it's much easier... To, maybe put it like this. got Open door happened, and it was a positive thing that involved everyone. But without, but its existence highlights the problem and made people go, okay, shit, we need to sort some stuff out. But I didn't need to be uh, aggressive. I didn't need to, aggressive is the wrong word. I didn't need to bring something down to do that. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm in meetings with people and going, this is, we need to change this and all the rest of it. But I guess yeah. my route was, which is why it's, it's sometimes unquantifiable. I keep saying that there's a definitely a better word. It's hard to put down perhaps the impact we've, we've had in the change part of things that have been going on because my logic was, if I'm trying to encourage people to go to drama school, because I think if we flood the people with drama school who don't usually go, yeah. the change is going to happen. Yeah, Which is happening. If I am then... Um, trying to bring down these places I'm, no, the young people it's going to continue the cycle where people think it's not for them so I do everything behind the scenes and sometimes it's really receptive and relationships change with schools and sometimes it's easy and sometimes it isn't um, and when I need to be I'll, I'll push um, I think I've only got angry twice i to be like that's not on um, but I think there's a way of doing it that's like hey like okay, this is happening. Let me show you why this needs to happen. Yeah. Getting the drama schools on side so it's less... Because they've been defensive for years because you know every newspaper's attacking them, people are attacking them. And I hope I've made it clear, of course, everything's exactly to need to change drastically. But there are people within those institutions that are doing that and things have changed the last couple of years. But if we can get them on side and go, hey, let me show you, let me introduce to these people who can show you that, ah, the work you're doing, this works great, but this needs to change. If I can get the industry to go... Maybe drama schools are the right place to go. Look, these things are changing. It's going to take some time. If you get young people going, it ain't perfect, but you guys are part of that change. The hap things can work together. I don't know. I just, the polarization of everything is quite, uh, I think demonstrative and and it doesn't quite, it runs out. Because if you just just try and bring everything down all the time, eventually no one's going to listen when you do say. I, I feel like there hasn't really been a thing that I've been super critical of. So I think when I am super critical of some, I hope that someone might go, oh, if he's, he's a bit peed off about it, it must be real bad. Yeah. So I'm sort of saving my ammo up a bit. Um, well, David, I like a bit.
0: just please carry on doing what you're doing because I think it's incredible. And you know I've always been supportive of, yeah, definitely. of what Thanks. you do. And I think uh, change is the way. and it's absolutely brilliant what you're doing. Thanks, and Thank pal. you so much for coming on talking Thanks about it. Thanks for having me. Oh, mate. Always welcome. Thank you so much. And another episode is done. Thank you so, so much for downloading and subscribing. Massive thank you to David for giving us his time. And that was, we recorded that at the end of a very long day for both of us. So, um, yeah, I'm, always grateful when people just give their time and we don't have to rush so it was great um well should we just I suppose we'll just do it all again next Thursday shall we okay well let's do that um thanks so much for all your messages keep them coming in and your emails and the support on patreon.com forward slash two shot pod I know at times are difficult but you're ever so generous to keep this thing going and you know what don't worry if you can't afford to support us financially, then when you're on your phone calls or on your Zooms or on your house parties, mention the Two Shot Podcast to a few other people. Let's uh, let's keep the community growing. And uh, until next week, I've been Craig Parkinson. He's been producer Griff. And this has been the Two Shot Podcast. You take care and stay safe. I shall see you next week.